Hello, my awesome project managers. How are you doing today? Today, we're going to talk about the mindset for the PMP exam. Now, lots of you have heard about the 7th edition and how the 7th edition has been announced as a reference for the PMP exam. Yes, but we got to go back to the basics. And the basics cannot be found to the degree you need in the seventh. For that reason, you find in the seventh, mention is still made of the process groups. And the language in the domains is pretty much knowledge area language. For that reason, you got to keep this close to you. Okay. Now the exam, you could look at the exam in two different ways. One is an agile and hybrid perspective, and the other is a largely predictive perspective. However, this book, it cuts across both of those mindsets. What do I mean? Follow me to the fourth chapter of the sixth edition. In the very beginning, the opener, the opener to chapter four, you follow me to page 72, it says, Key concepts for project integration management. Project integration management is specific to project managers, whereas other knowledge areas may be managed by specialists. See that? This area is one the PM cannot delegate when they are in a predictive environment or an environment where their role is preeminent. There is a mindset, that's true, if you are tackling these predictive questions. The idea is that the project manager cannot delegate this in a predictive setting. It's their job. Now, talking about an agile setting, if you follow me to page 74, it says, at the bottom of the page, considerations for agile and adaptive environments. Iterative and agile approaches promote the engagement of team members as local domain experts <clears throat> in integration management. The team members determine how plans and components should integrate. So what have I just said? In a predictive world, there's a way things work. In an agile world, as you can see, page 74, it actually maps back to stuff that is in this book. Believe it or not, what is on page 74 page 74 here, right? It maps back to page 90. What, which one is it? 91. So if you look at page 91 in your agile practice guide, where it talks about integration management and its application in agile work process, it is a direct lift in the sixth edition, if you didn't already know. So what am I trying to tell you? You need to read concepts, trends, tailoring, and consideration for agile for every process. That is the most important thing to do first, because it helps you understand how is this done in the world of predictive? How is it done in the world of agile? See, integration is done differently. Scope is done differently. Schedule is done differently. 
And that is part of the mindset I want you to get, the mindset for how knowledge areas should be practiced. So I'm going to give you a very quick tour. Are you ready? Okay. For emphasis, we will give a befitting background where we touch on each knowledge area. So integration. In the integration management knowledge area, you've got to immerse yourself into seeing this as your responsibility and predictive. In Agile, it's the team responsibility, okay? I'm going to read more from here because I know a lot of you, when you see this, you're like, oh, but it's old, Phil. It's not old. Well, my PMBOK guide is old, but the content is still fresh. Let's go to page 91 one more time. All right. A few more things to read from page 91. It says here, the expectations of the project manager, as noted in the PMBOK guide, do not change in an adaptive environment, but control of the detailed product planning and delivery is delegated to the team. Okay. So, That is integration, right? The project manager is accountable, but in an agile setting, they bring in the team to be much more participative, okay? Let's go to our next area, scope. In the area of scope, it says on page 91, agile methods deliberately spend less time trying to define and agree on scope in the early stage of the project and spend more time in establishing the process for ongoing discovery and refinement. See that? So we're not going to define all the scope in one day in an agile environment. It's going to evolve. The product owner is going to whittle stuff down, reorganize stuff, prioritize stuff based on value, and so on. That's really what this is saying. All right, moving along here, we're going into the schedule area. So getting into schedule management, you know, in the predictive world, we come up with a usually a big old schedule, right? Something like this. And the world of predictive suggests tasks and break those down into subtasks and have milestones. Well, if you take a look at page 92, it says adaptive approaches use short cycles to undertake work. The way we roll is different. It says, in large organizations, there may be a mixture of small projects and large initiatives requiring long-term roadmaps. You see that word? So in the world of Agile, we could use roadmaps. We could use roadmaps for us to define what is going to happen in the future at a very high level. But at lower levels, we just roll with our sprint plan right? We just roll with our sprint backlog. We do sprint planning. And so it reads here towards the end, it says the role of the project manager does not change based on managing projects using a predictive development life cycle or managing projects in adaptive environments. However, to be successful in using adaptive approaches, the project manager will need to be familiar with the tools and techniques, which tools and techniques. In an agile and adaptive environment, you know what you do. You use the agile onion, the planning onion for agile. You plan in different layers. 
you should also be aware of different layers of planning, taking a look at product backlog items, PBIs. So at the topmost level, you have the product. You can break that down into the epic, break that down into features. You plan at all these levels. That's what this is saying. All right. With schedule done, let's move on to the next one. Money, budget. So do you know that in the world of Agile, we have a fixed team? Now, people could come and go, but for the most part, it's a constant fixed team. We're not going to increase the team size to 15, 20, no. We keep the team size constant. Could people come and go? Yes. Here's the mindset on page 92. It says, projects with high degrees of uncertainty or those where the scope is not yet fully defined may benefit from detailed cost calculations due to frequent changes. May not benefit from detailed cost calculations due to frequent changes. What are, what are they saying? You're doing a two-week sprint. Why do you want to go all the way from control accounts, um, planning packages, um, WBS components, all the way down to work packages? No, you don't need to do that. You shouldn't do that. You're in an adaptive environment. The way you do things in predictive, in cost, it's going to be different, right? It's going to be different. It says... In cases where high variability projects are also subject to strict budgets, because you you do have some agile projects where everything is still strict, it says the scope and schedule are more often adjusted to stay within cost constraints. So you have to be more flexible to cope with those uh, arrangements in terms of cost. All right, it says, still on page 92, excuse me, I've been speaking for about three hours, so voice is about trying to go. You're going to keep it held in there for a few more minutes. It says, when you're in the world of agile, instead, lightweight estimation methods can be used to generate a fast, high-level forecast of project labor costs. See that? That's the world of cost. That's how we roll in cost. With that said, let's move on to our next one, quality. So what exactly is quality? Quality is fitness for use, conformance to requirements, and customer satisfaction. The the perception of quality should not change in an agile environment. We should still care about quality assurance and quality control. It says here... In order to navigate changes in an Agile environment, Agile methods call for frequent quality and review steps built in throughout the project rather than towards the end of the project. So we're doing things more frequently. The inspect adapt mindset is upped in Agile environments. It says recurring retrospectives regularly check on the effectiveness of the quality process. Everything you do in Agile is a risk or quality coping mechanism. Everything, including your retrospective, even your daily scrum, your sprint review, right? It says, in order to facilitate frequent incremental delivery, agile methods focus on small batches of work incorporating as many elements or project deliverables as possible. Small batch systems aim to uncover inconsistencies and quality issues earlier in the project lifecycle when the cost of changes are lower. So that's quality for you in the predictive world. Yes, we're still concerned with 
things like affinity diagrams, our flowcharts, our Ishikawas, our histograms, our scatter diagrams, and of course the control charts. We used to dread those, but it seems like the PMI is not as emphatic about some of these. They used to be on previous exams, but it, it seems to have dialed down and toned down a little bit. Six Sigma, stuff like that. The precise numbers for the Sigmas used to be something people would worry about. Let's go to resource management. Projects with high variability benefit from team structures that maximize focus and collaboration, such as self-organizing teams and generalizing specialist T-shaped skills. So the way we work in Agile with our team is very different. It says, although the benefits of collaboration also apply to other project environments, collaborative teams are often critical to the success of projects with high degree of variability. We are so obsessed with collaboration, with synergy in the world of Agile. In the world of predictive, should we be? We should, but it's usually different because you don't have a co-located cross-functional though team a lot of times the team they just do their own stuff disjointedly and they come together but we don't have a co-located self-organizing self-managed self-motivated inspired team we usually rely on the project manager project manager going go inspire and motivate and, and stuff like that All right, so that's resource management. Let's move on to the next one, communications management. What can we say about communications in an agile world? It just needs to go and flow like copiously. It's talked about in the agile practice guide. It just needs to flow, flow, flow. Project environment subject to various elements of ambiguity and change have an inherent need to communicate evolving and emerging details more frequently. It says this motivates... This motivates streamlining team members' access to information, frequent team checkpoints, and co-locating. See, when you put the team together, communication just flows quick. It says, in addition, posting project artifacts in a transparent fashion and holding regular stakeholder interviews are intended to promote communication with management and stakeholders. All right, so here we're on page 94 of the Agile Practice Guide, and we're moving into our next area. Our next area is a risk management. So when we talk about a risk, what is a risk? A risk is uncertainty that could affect the project positively or negatively. You should also remember, though, when we talk about risks, this is not relegated to just predictive. We manage risk in our own way in the world of Agile. So let's change the environment to one of risk. Risk. So this is talked about on page 94. It says high variability environments by definition incur more more uncertainty and risk. To address this, projects managed using adaptive approaches make use of frequent reviews of incremental work products and cross-functional project teams to accelerate knowledge sharing and ensure that risk is understood and managed. Risk is considered when selecting the content of each iteration and risks will also be identified. So do you know that the product owner should be thinking about the risks of each of those stories, not just value, but risk. Those that are low risk, low value could be done, but high risk, low value, product owner needs to think again. This is how we think about risk 
in an environment such as this. So the bottom line is, as someone in the product owner seat, are you going to make that call to say that item the CEO asked for is high risk, low value, so you're not doing it? You got to have the guts to do that. All right, next one is procurement management. Procurement management is on page 95. It says, in agile environments, specific sellers may be used to extend the team. This collaborative working environment or relationship can lead to a shared risk procurement model where both the buyer and the seller share the risk. So if you've not read page 77, page 77, procurements and contracts in the world of agile, if you've not done that, let me encourage you to, because you could very well get questions that test your understanding of flexible contracts. You know, um, when we think about flexible contracts in the world of agile, uh, also be aware of how the agile manifesto could influence this whole dialogue. It, it really could, because the agile manifesto talks about customer collaboration over contract negotiation. Here's our final one: stakeholder management. Let's read page 95 in this book. It reads, Projects experiencing a high degree of change require active engagement and participation with project stakeholders. To facilitate timely, productive discussion and decision-making, adaptive teams engage with stakeholders directly rather than going through layers of management. So the way we think about our stakeholder engagement is different here. In order to accelerate the sharing of information within and across the organization, agile methods promote aggressive transparency. The intent of inviting any stakeholders to project meetings and reviews or posting project artifacts in public spaces is to surface as quickly as possible any misalignment, dependency, or other issues related to the changing project. And my friends, that was it over the past number of minutes. We've been trying to marry some of the stuff in the Agile Guide and trying to make sense. How should I think for my exam from an Agile perspective, from a predictive perspective? And I can tell you, there's a common line of thinking on your PMP exam. Do you know what that is? The ability to think in a collaborative fashion, the ability to espouse teamwork over working in a silo, and the ability to solve problems. You're thinking for your exam. PMP exam, it needs to be as follows. Am I in initiating, planning, executing, monitoring, and controlling, or closing? Where am I? Okay, I know where I am. Okay, what am I doing? A lot of the questions, you're either going to be managing change, that's big, or you're going to be managing a risk, or you're going to be managing an issue or a problem. You see there's a difference? A risk could cause you to change how you're doing stuff. An issue could also cause you to change your plan, okay? An issue could also cause you to think about something you didn't originally. We call that a workaround. In addition, on your exam, you could be tested on finding what needs to change specifically. Is it schedule? Is it cost? Is it scope? Based on the question, a new regulation, a new request. If it's a regulation, it absolutely has to be done. So you better just stop making change. You know, you're going to get very practical questions. Your project manager and a project, blah, blah, blah. What should you do next? But you always want to solve the problem. 
you don't want to be scared of your stakeholders. So if your stakeholders are posing unrealistic dates, you've got to go back to the drawing board with them and say, you know what, this, we need to review this. Don't just keep quiet, review it. That is part of the mindset. Solve the real problem. Collaborate. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Okay? And if someone is lying, of course, you need to call them out. Why wouldn't you? See? So, again, from a knowledge area perspective, if we're talking about integration, your job project manager is to make stuff happen. Don't care who does it, right? It just has to be done. And you need to be the catalyst to integrate stuff. That's the general mindset. In the aspect of scope, the general mindset is if scope is changing without authorization, you need to stop it. And if it does need to change, then it needs to go through proper change control procedures. When we talk about schedule, the way we roll in schedule, the general mindset is control the schedule. Build the schedule the right way. You got a product backlog, a sprint backlog. Of course, as a scrum master, you need to understand what those mean and who owns the product backlog, theoretically speaking, and who's going to prioritize it. Of course, with the help of the team, it's a product owner and things like that. In the world of budget, the general mindset is be a good, caring, respectful steward, right? Going back to the, the 12 principles, to borrow that principle, right? You can just say that. Going into the world of quality where we've got all sorts of crazy tools and techniques, the bottom line is technical excellence and good design does what? It enhances your agility. So be excellent. Don't cut corners. That's really what the quality area is saying on the exam. On the exam, talking about the resource area, general mindset is people are humans first. I know it says human resources, but just... It's just bad. We don't want to we don't call them resources. We just call them team members, right? The idea is be a servant leader towards your stakeholders and team members. Believe the best. Be an impartial bridge builder. Build bridges between teams and um, help people really understand uh, what teams are doing. Teams that might otherwise be in silos, help them to understand what is being done. All right. The next one we're going to talk about is communications management. So in the world of communications, in the world of agile, we use a lot of information radiators and transparency and stuff. But in the world of predictive, we might have to do things more manually. But the bottom line is we do stuff. We do communicate. We should not cut corners when it comes to effective communication. In fact, we have the sender-receiver model. You can see behind me. That does not go away. However you communicate, there's going to be a center-receiver model. Whether you're communicating with an audience on the team or it's a wider audience of stakeholders, all of this stuff still needs to be done. So when people say questions are hybrid on the test, it's really this kind of thinking in a more universal way, right? So that's communications for you. All right. Going into the world of risk, risk management, as I said previously, um, agile in and of itself presents to us a risk coping mechanism. It's a risk coping mechanism. Everything that we do 
inspect adapt you could do all of that stuff um, and just have built in mechanisms so for your exam the concept is tackle those risks when you find a risk um, make sure you intentionally think about how to counteract that risk uh, from a variety of perspectives you could choose to mitigate transfer you know you could choose to enhance it really depends is it negative is it positive and what are you looking to gain from it um, you do need to know your five strategies for negative risks or threats and your five strategies for positive risks or opportunities those are important and moving on to the next area the next area is procurement again on the exam the overall mindset should be one of collaboration we want to collaborate more uh, than negotiate contracts that's the idea and in the final area of stakeholder let's go to stakeholder now to wrap this up stakeholder management again it's very similar to the area of uh, the team and resources when it comes to stakeholder management again think about how to bridge gaps between stakeholders think about how to get them engaged think about how to keep them happy and think about really solving their problems all right and that's it i just want to go over those facts with you really quick uh, mindset for the exam whether you're predictive or agile it has to be an effective mindset has to be one that's respectful of people and one that's actually solving problems okay i hope this was of help to you talk to you soon bye for now